0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 636, Spotlight on Aquaman. Welcome to the Comic Commercialigans podcast. I'm your host Adam Chapman. This is episode 636. It's our spotlight on Aquaman episode. This is a bit of a, a weirder episode. Uh, obviously with a lot of movies coming out this year right near Christmas time, uh, this is actually I think the closest besides like a Star Wars movie's uh, superhero movies that have really come out right before Christmas. So this so Aquaman and Bumblebee actually both came out on the 21st of December. Now originally when it was first kind of confirmed and announced that they're both going to be releasing on the same day, I remember kind of reaching out to the podcast crew and saying, you know, who's up for a double header? And a couple of people said, no. And some people said, yeah. And as it got closer and closer, more and more people just could not make it up. There were Christmas plans and people had, uh, things they had to do getting ready for the holidays. Um, a lot of dinners happening. So less and less people could end up coming. Um, which, which was unfortunate. And uh, so then when it kind of came down to it, I was only going to be able to see one because uh, it was either, I guess, go see both alone or go see one of them with you know someone else and be able to um, podcast about, about that one with them. And then so I went to see Aquaman with uh, returning guest of the show, uh, Todd McKay, and uh, his wife, Joy. Uh, and then on the way back um, or just before we got in the car, they're kind of like, oh, you know, it's pretty late. We're not going to be able to podcast. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Actually, I probably could have stayed at the theater and watched Bullseye, but I was like, okay, sorry, Bumblebee, I should say, not Bullseye, Bumblebee. So I was like, all right, we'll, we'll get 10 minutes in. So uh, the drive home was, I think, about like nine minutes. So uh, in a minute, I'm going to play the audio from that, uh, where we talk about the movie for a very brief period of time. Uh, and again, that was obviously right after I'd seen the movie. Uh, I'm recording this intro on the 23rd, so funny, uh, funny thing happened. Then I come down with a really bad flu the following day. And uh, so it kind of took me out of seeing... I was going to see Bumblebee on the Saturday. Couldn't see that. It was totally very sick, so uh, this is episode's going up a little bit later than I would have usually liked. But uh, you know, So in a minute, we're going to go into the nine minutes that I spent with Todd and Joy, just talking about the movie right after uh, having seen it, and then I'll come back here to me, talking about what my thoughts are a couple days removed from the movie. Uh, probably doing a little bit of duplication, so I apologize in advance for that. Uh, you can reach us at shenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate interview review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Okay, let's jump into uh, the first- first part of our discussion of aquaman all right i'm here with todd and joy to talk about aquaman briefly on the drive home this is exciting this is guerrilla podcasting at its best so guys what did you think of the aquaman movie anybody all right just todd <laughs> uh i liked it Be careful I, careful <laughs>
1: yes i liked it i think uh, i think they did a pretty good job um I was, like, getting, like, a little bit... Eh, like, uh, it was a little bit long at one point. Okay. And then uh, kind of reminded me... I was like, what movie does this remind me of that was so long? And it reminded me of, like, a Thor movie. <laughs> and then I was just like, wait a second, there's two brothers and they don't like each other. I'm like, this is, like, DC's version of Thor and Loki. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, but I ended up liking it in the end because, uh, you yeah. know, the
0: good prevailed. Yeah, it was probably a little long, but I have to admit sitting through it, like I knew that it was going in as like what, t- just about two and a half hours long. Yeah. And it didn't actually feel as long as that was. Um like there was a few points where I thought they could have nipped and tucked it a little, but I never felt like, oh God, get to the point. Um I never felt like the action scenes were necessarily too drawn out. Considering that there was a lot of action, um I felt like there was enough kind of different bursts of action or like different action scenes as opposed to just having one mammoth fight scene. Obviously the one at the at the end was bigger, but even then it was bigger in scope but not necessarily longer in, in length if that makes sense yeah. um, which I thought actually worked better and there's a bit more of a frenetic pace one thing I was thinking about going in and uh, definitely while I was watching is uh, you know you're I'm guessing uh, maybe I'm wrong Todd that your main interpretation or understanding of Aquaman is from the Justice League movie yes um do you know of Aquaman from anything else or is this really your first real exposure to Aquaman besides knowing he exists in pop culture but not really seeing him anywhere
1: the only other time I heard about him was from uh
0: Entourage yes when, uh, yeah that
1: was like the only time but they didn't really you know go in depth into the character I no thought, it was supposed to be a
0: joke right yeah I like, thought it was
1: made up <laughs> oh yeah yeah I didn't know it was a real comic book character
0: so it is yeah. um, so having watched him in Justice League did you feel like there was an odd disconnect here That did it feel like it was the same character you watched in Justice League did it feel like it was completely separate from Justice League in almost an odd kind of way that there was? it didn't feel at all like this character had, had those experiences or did you feel like it was still a natural evolution of the character that you saw in Justice League
1: I mean it felt more like an it, it, was this an origin story prior
0: to Justice League no it's supposed uh-huh. to take place after okay I mean, because they mentioned that he saved the world from Steppenwolf. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Mira was in the first one because he briefly commented, but he never actually, we never saw her or heard her name in that movie. Um, so she was there. It's interesting because obviously this movie, uh, especially, really goes heavy on the color. Uh, it's a very colorful movie considering you're underwater. Yes. Um, and then in a movie like Justice League, it definitely had a different palette. It was starting to, it's almost like. When you had the pre-Justice League movies, the DC movies were very dark and saturated with darker tones, uh, really kind of not letting any color seep in. Justice League felt like you finally let a little bit of color starting to come in, especially with Superman's costume finally starting to look blue and red as opposed to before. And here, it just exploded with color. Um, and so, even like the red hair. Well, yeah, like Mira's costume and her hair, if you go back and watch Justice League, it's very muted. And here it's extremely vibrant. And I think that really works well that why not let these movies feel bigger than life, like larger than life? Why not give them a very saturated color palette? Why not let them feel fun? And and they obviously pour on at times too much of the kind of the bro fun um, this is definitely bro Aquaman At least he starts that way uh, It's arguable that by the end he's not really bro Aquaman anymore Or Aqua Bro, whatever you want to call him But but at the beginning of the movie he most definitely is that guy uh, Yeah, when- and I, I
1: like that guy Like, uh, I, I, I don't know I guess that's my thing I like the human side of uh, the whole piece yep. of the puzzle mm-hmm. uh, And then uh, I, I get like the whole, uh, you know fighting, and I'm glad. I really liked his costume at the end. I thought that was really well done. Uh,
0: So that's basically his costume from the comics, Um, and I mean, in the original, it was more like it was tights, right? But obviously, in more modern interpretations, it's more like scales um, or like armor, and obviously that they really embraced that here, and they actually gave a story reason for him to actually wear it, uh, which I thought actually made a lot of sense. It was a nice organic way of getting him into his iconic costume, but in a way that didn't feel stupid. Uh, It felt earned, like, you know, that was his reward for getting through this entire adventure, getting the the, uh, the trident, and then getting the armor that kind of went with it. Uh, was kind of a cool concept, and again, make something that's hokey in the comics and made it a little cooler than that. Um, did you like Nicole Kidman as uh, as the mom? Yeah, I, thought she I was did. Good. Yeah. I liked...
1: The the only one character that I was like, eh, about was... uh, Is it Black Manta? Black Black, Manta. Yeah, Manta. Yeah, I mean, he's okay, and I guess he's coming back for...
0: He's the most iconic Aquaman villain. Okay. um, But he's a hard one to do because, yeah, essentially, he doesn't really usually have powers. He basically is just a pirate, and he has eye blasts at times. Yeah. Um, But I thought they actually did a very good job of... Of figuring out how to make him a threat. Um, that's more of a modern. I believe I could be wrong, but more of a modern interpretation that you know uh, his that his dad died because of Aquaman. Yeah. Now here it was most definitely a choice. Um, so he like Aquaman is definitely you know to blame. He could have saved him, chose not to. Whereas in the comics it was a little bit more of an accident. Yeah. Um, whereas here it was, I was actually surprised. Because that takes some balls. To, you know, your 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 story is about this 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 you know about Aquaman, and you have him basically letting someone die at the beginning. That's a bold choice. But I thought it was interesting that the idea that you know he does have a progression as a character and becomes a hero in a way. At the beginning, he doesn't feel like he is a hero at all. He does heroic things, but he doesn't really feel like he's really a hero. Yeah. Uh, and by the end, he obviously feels differently about that, and that's why he's able to be you know worthy enough to wield the trident, which I thought again was. This movie was better than I expected it to be. Um, it, it was a, le- a lot less of the bro Aquaman, as I mentioned at the beginning, and a lot more of the hero's journey. And I thought that it actually kept the pace moving quickly by having a lot of different locations going and, and basically making it a quest uh, as opposed to your, your kind of your stereotypical superhero film, which is not usually like that. Uh, you know, he has the adventure, you know, the, the showdown, he loses, and then he has to go on an, a true quest to kind of discover what it means to be a hero and how he could be worthy. Uh, Um, Which I thought, again, not something I would have expected from the movie going in, necessarily.
1: Yeah, I feel like the quest was kind of, like... Shoehorned into the middle of the movie. I mean, you could have made a movie out of the quest, yeah, like traveling and everything because that
0: was like, oh, it was very very easy. They just got to, you (laughs) know, they got to Sicily really quick, they got to the Sahara Sahara. really quick. They kind of gloss over the idea that he's exchanging, you know, gold coins uh, as currency. I mean, but I mean, that was already at that point established that that's how they, you know, bought Black Manta or Black Manta's dad, I should say, in the first place, right? So the idea that, you know, this isn't the first time that people have traded. These types of currencies And you know The movie kind of Wants you to just Go with it Have a, have a fun adventure not think yeah, too heavily
1: that, That's where I let it go I'm just like Okay This is There are You know They, they know that There's some gaps That you need to fill in Yeah And uh, I'm not gonna Let it
0: uh, Like like Even Atlanta being alive They kind of like You know You, you could think A lot more about that And be like Well how exactly Is she alive And okay yes. And But again You just kind of Go with it
1: Especially when uh, The henchmen Or whatever they're called The uh, call or something like she unplugs their water supply and they die immediately
0: yeah but she's been fine <laughs> well because they said that you only those of noble blood could could uh, ah, could breathe the air i, I missed that that's yeah. why volko was fine obviously orm was fine aquaman's fine so well we are we are done our, our quick <laughs> 10 minute podcast uh so i just want to i will give it four
1: out of five tridents
0: four out of five tridents okay yeah. joy would you give any tridents or were you acquiesce? 3.5 out
1: of.
0: 3.5? I think I'd give it a, a four a solid four tridents. It was I actually liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. And I, I went into it dreading that it would feel its length, and I didn't feel that way when it was over.
1: I only felt it was long in the last 35-40 minutes, but the first hour and a half went by pretty quick. Yeah. That was my
0: interest. Well, because they're jumping around from location to location, they're doing a lot. I think so. Yeah. And so you don't really have time to feel like, oh man, they're spending a lot of time doing this thing. Uh, it's interesting because You know, it's kind of like the reverse Black Panther in some ways because you you want the outsider to come in and be king. As opposed to the guy who actually is a king already, uh, which I only just thought of now. What was the name of that big giant octopus that he befriended? I already can't remember. Uh, The trench is a very modern concept in Aquaman mythos that's only been around for maybe six or seven years now. So already it's in a movie. But anyways, thank you very much for uh, briefly chatting about the movie. I very much appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll have you both back on before too long for another comic book movie. And welcome back. Uh, so Aquaman. So, uh, I, I was pretty high on it when I first saw it, and I've, I've thought more about it, and I, I still think it really worked. And, uh, I know that, uh, a friend of the show, Eric Anthony, uh, very much disagreed with me. Um, he said he would have given it a four out of ten as opposed to an eight. Um, and I think he hated the dialogue. And I, I, actually thought, like, yeah, some of the dialogue was, you know, at times extra expository, but I thought, you know, they, they really tried to bring, put together a big world, uh, for Aquaman to play in. And that's why you had all the different, uh, locations, um and I, I just felt it felt like more of a globe spanning romp. Um, it was a fun adventure. Now, did they kind of not explain some of the stuff, as we mentioned with Todd about you know how they explain how they afford these things? Uh, they just kind of quickly hand wave it away. And there's a bunch of things that they do hand wave away, like the idea that only certain Atlanteans can be on can be survive on the surface. Like that's quickly hand waved away. That's only of a certain you know highborn. Um, they don't really give it any more than that. But at least they give you a quick like, oh, well, okay, that, that's how that makes sense, uh, as opposed to really going deep into it. Um, and, and, and so yeah, I mean, there's definitely some shortcuts they take, but they just want to kind of get out of the way of the the mechanical, technical aspects of how this is all going to work, and dealing with Atlanteans and humans, and just kind of jump into enjoying the story. Uh, Same thing with, like, you know, obviously there's no distortion effects on them being able to talk to each other underwater. Um, One thing I hadn't thought of, and then I was reading articles, and I was like, oh yeah, I couldn't really remember that much about the way in which Aquaman and Mira actually uh, encountered and dealt with each other in Justice League. Probably for the better. Um, I, actually, today I was briefly – watched. I put on Justice League specifically to kind of get – see some of those earlier scenes with Aquaman when Batman first finds him and then also when he uh, meets Mira. And, and I, I wasn't truly paying attention even though I meant to be paying attention to it. But uh, first of all, I mean I really like the palette. The color palette used – in this movie was great, especially the fact that it actually had color. Um, because if you go back and watch, especially the, the Aquaman segments of justice league, there's just not a lot of color. It's really washed out. And I obviously that's kind of a Snyderism, but, uh, it really bothered me, especially because you see how vibrant everything was in, uh, in Aquaman. You saw how vibrant Mira's hair was and her costume, like it really sang to life. And yet you see it in justice league and it's so dour and so, Lacking of any kind of color and vitality, um, and obviously, like the, there, it's it seems like the interpretation of what Atlantis is looks very different. Like, like because obviously the the Atlantis that we see here is much more modern, almost like Wakanda of the water, and then you have. You know the version in Justice League, which looks look a little bit more decrepit and kind of collapsed, and maybe it's just where the mother box was, but I don't know. It, it just doesn't quite work. And even like the designs for the armors, like I feel like they hadn't really sketched out a lot of this stuff. And then when they did Aquaman, they just kind of did with their own thing, which, to be honest, was probably for the better. Um, I I enjoyed a lot of the movie. I, I, again, I, I can see how, why some people may not like it or may not care for it. I think it managed to give a pretty interesting, defined version of becoming the king and that kind of character journey, and again becoming a hero. Um, he doesn't really have as a, a like an, an origin per se, like besides obviously his parents. But even then, that I think was changed in the uh, post crisis because I think originally wasn't it originally the the uh, Atlantean was his dad and then they changed it to being a mom like after a Crisis so I think that was even different too like it's not like he's always headed a certain way um, it definitely borrowed a lot of things from the New 52 it had the trench um, we have Jeff Johns being some, you know still involved at this stage uh, with the movie so it makes sense where they would kind of pull from that and it does have a few different elements of, of things that Johns has done I think this was a, a really credible interpretation of Orm um, and being Ocean Master and making Ocean Master not just uh, you know a Superville gimmick name but actually being uh, like a title once one commands this, the, you know, the seas. I thought that was actually really interesting. And again, I liked how they made Aquaman's costume make sense as opposed to just being, you know, just, um, you know, tights. They give it kind of an honorific that, you know, he gets it after getting the trident. um, yeah, I, I mean, I I personally enjoyed the movie. Was it a little long? Yeah, I probably could have been nipped and tucked here and there. But I also didn't feel like, oh, my God, when is it over? Which was a big deal. Like, a lot of these DC movies, there gets to be a lot of punching at the end with, like, big things happening. Like, you look at uh, the Justice League versus Steppenwolf, and you have... Uh, uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman versus Doomsday—like these things just dragged on. Or is this a felt it was a little bit more localized? And the big kind of battle between Orm and Arthur again felt better. I like that it was basically about brothers and um, you know interesting relationship with the mother. And it's interesting to actually have a, a DC character, or well, I guess, or at least a DC uh, movie character with uh, parents that are alive or at least a mom that's alive, or both parents, actually. Uh, I like the love story between Atlanta and uh, and Arthur's dad, and I thought that really worked for me, and the idea that when you when Arthur goes to visit his dad, and he, it's when he's coming down in the morning, it's like, old habits die hard. Like, this guy, even though he knows that she's not coming, he still goes there every morning. Like, that was, that was sweet. And then the fact that she does go back to him, I really, really liked that. I'm not a huge fan of Nicole Kidman, but I thought she really shone in this role. I thought she did a great job. Um... I think the acting, Amber Heard was probably the weakest, one of the weaker links for me. Um, I think it was what Patrick Wilson was, Orm, and he he was okay. I mean, he was definitely a little mustache twirly, uh, but I mean, it kind of needed to be. I liked how Black Manta and his dad were portrayed, although I did, and I think I've already mentioned this in the last 10 minutes, but uh, just the here, it was most definitely like Aquaman made a choice and let the father die. Yes, he could have, he could have easily have saved him. He didn't need to let him die um so that bugged me that he did something like that that callous uh that or like because that's just i don't know it's not how i view arthur curry but i guess you know bro akman would kind of be like that um but i like that by the end of the movie he definitely wouldn't like he's a different person and wouldn't necessarily have done that uh even when he had a chance to kill Like he wasn't going to kill him either it's not what he wanted it's not what he was about um I, but i i like black manta and his crazy you know eye goggles and the blasting properly like uh I thought that really worked for me. I, I just thought it was really cool to actually see Black Manta on screen and and find an it a credible threat for someone like Aquaman, especially because Aquaman, as portrayed here and in the last movie, was, is extremely resilient. Um, he is, you know, he he could take a lot of punishment in a way that even in the comics, I don't know if he necessarily usually took. Um, yeah, it was an again, it's a it's an interesting interpretation. It's a different version of Aquaman. People, I feel bad for Namor because I feel like. Namor and Aquaman are similar enough, but if one of them was going to come first, I'd rather would rather it have been Namor because I think there's more that differentiates Aquaman from Namor than the other way around. Because Namor, besides you know being able to fly and have wings on his feet, um, he doesn't have the ability to command armies of fish or like you know aquatic animals, and he's also you know kind of a, a half breed and also. You know, uh, well, in his case, a mutant, and also kind of rules Atlantis. But you know, there's a lot of surface similarities that, for a movie going public, would be like, well, isn't this just an Aquaman ripoff? Um, which the answer would be no. Um, but it's, it would definitely feel that way. And uh, so, I feel bad for that movie that maybe we'll never get a, a true name more because Aquaman kind of happened first. Uh, obviously, they're very different characters in terms of their interpretations. But if you look at them just on surface similarities, there's a lot to be found there. Um anyways, I it was I I've had a few days to think about it. I definitely really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a, a solid film um it was much better than i expected it to be i thought i had a good sense of pacing for the most part again a little bit bloated at the end but you know what I, i i felt like i got a i got a journey out of it you know and probably more of a journey than i ever would have expected aquaman to deserve and the fact that you can have aquaman riding on a seahorse and be like fuck yeah that looks awesome uh not the lame version from the super friends but like an awesome badass version and that's cool like you know, there, there's a lot of tips of the hats to various different comics of the past. Uh, the fact that you have such comic accurate uh, renditions of, you know, for the most part, the Aquaman armor, uh, or but it is now armor, I guess. Uh, the Ocean Master armor, like, that looks completely the way Ocean Master should look. Black Manta, again, looks spot on. Uh, you have a lot of characters like Dr. Shin showing up. Like, this is cool. And I thought uh, Dolph Lundgren was great. I couldn't even place that it was Dolph Lundgren as uh, Mira's dad, but uh, I thought he was really compelling. I really liked his portrayal. Uh, much more than I would have expected either Like there, there's a lot of good acting in here and um, yeah, I for one personally enjoyed the movie maybe the dialogue wasn't the best but I, I there was nothing I ever said was like oh fuck why are they saying this or this is such stilted hackneyed dialogue Like I never had a feeling like that when I was watching the film And I'm going to stick by my 8 out of 10 even though Eric Anthony disagrees with me and maybe I'm not allowed on a show anymore maybe he's like fuck that guy I'm never having that guy on because he, uh, he has such a, a hugely uh, incorrect vision of what Aquaman was as a movie who knows I'll have to, yeah. <laughs> to see if uh, what Anthony and I sorry what Eric and I have to say uh, to see if we can actually uh, still be on each other's podcast in the future because we have such different opinions on Aquaman Uh, but anyways thank you for joining me for this episode Um, and I think I already said this earlier but you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com like the show on Facebook rate and review us on iTunes subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher thanks again for listening and uh, hopefully next episode we'll be talking Well, next non-reviews episode we'll be talking about Bumblebee thanks again bye bye